You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week number one of None Like Him. Today's teaching focuses on the truth that God is infinite. Welcome, ladies, to this study of None Like Him. Ten ways God is different from us and why that's a good thing. And a special welcome also to those ladies who are joining us virtually. I'm so glad you're able to be part of this study also. Um, Many of you in this room and many of you listening um, online may not know me, so I'm just going to give a very brief introduction. My husband Ron and I moved to Lancaster County almost six years ago. It will be six years ago in October that we moved here, and we've been attending LEFC for about five and a half years and feel very blessed to be a part of this fellowship. I am not a trained Bible scholar. I do not know Hebrew or Greek. I am not a teacher by profession, but I am passionately in love with Jesus Christ. He is my all in all, the lover of my soul, the lifter of my head, my strength, my peace, my joy. And you will hear me get choked up a lot as I talk about him. Um, And I love his word. And I love studying his word with other ladies, learning from one another. I'm so excited to journey with all of you over these next 10 weeks as we delve into the depths of God's attributes. My prayer for each one of us is that we would conclude this study with a greater understanding of who God is and a deeper love for him. It has been said that the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Scripture commands us that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. I applaud you, ladies, for making this a priority, to make time for this study that you may love God with your mind. God is majestic and awesome, deserving of glory and praise and worship and reverence and awe. We are not. Jen discusses in her intro that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Indeed, it is wise and even necessary to have a healthy fear of and a sincere reverence of God, which leads us, or should lead us, to repentance and worship. Equally important is to run to God's throne of grace and into the embrace of our loving Heavenly Father, to pour out our heart to Him. I think that most people tend to emphasize one aspect of God over the other. Either we tend to focus more on Abba, Father, Daddy, God, who showers us with love, grace, and mercy. Or we tend to lean towards a view of God as holy, fearful, maybe even distant, the creator who rules the world with a mighty hand. I sincerely believe that balance is needed for a healthy walk with the Lord. Yes, he is always accessible and loving, gracious and merciful. And yet he is also always holy and powerful and mighty, deserving of our awe and reverence. I hope this study will help you to more clearly see both sides of our amazing God. 
Just a couple of logistics before we kind of get into the study. Um, I encourage you to read Jen's chapter and to answer both hers and my supplemental homework questions. Other than occasionally highlighting something she said, I really will not be going over. She does such an excellent job, much better than I could, of the points she makes. So I'm not going to be reviewing her book. Um, so I encourage you to, to truly read the chapters on your own. This study is different from other Jen Wilkins studies, if you've done other ones of hers, like when we did Genesis, God of Creation and God of Covenant, or the Hebrew study. Um, this study is topical in nature, but I want to make sure, I want to ensure that we are still bathing in plenty of Scripture. So make sure you truly focus on the verses that Jen puts in there at the end of her chapter. And I encourage you to not just read the individual verse, but to read the context, read the whole chapter, read other verses around it. Um, each week, as I mentioned earlier, we'll have about 30 minutes, like we did today, to discuss around our tables. And my teaching time will be around 25 minutes or so, depending on the week. And then we'll close out with a time of prayer. Um, in addition to Jen's book and the Bible, I will also often reference, I used a couple other resources. One is A.W. Tozer's The Attributes of God. Actually, there's two volumes to this book. Excellent book. And then Arthur Pink, who also wrote a book, the same title, The Attributes of God. Um, classic books, but really, really um, powerful. The last point I want to make is Jen did not write this book, and I am not teaching this study just so that we can all gain more head knowledge. That is important, but it cannot be the end goal. The purpose of knowledge is to lead to understanding God's character and heart, which will cause us to draw closer to him, that our lives would be transformed and we would look more and more like Jesus. It was said of the students of the rabbis back in the time of the Bible that they were to follow the rabbis so closely that by the end of the day, they would be covered with dust from his sandals kicking up on the dusty roads. My prayer for each of us is that we would, in our daily walk, follow Jesus so closely that we would be covered in dust. Before I pray for our study, let me just share with you ladies that I have had a week. I don't know if you can relate or if any of you know what I mean when I say I have had a week. It certainly was not the peaceful, calm, filled with happy moments week that I hoped I would have leading up to teaching today. And I do not share that out of self-pity. God always sustains, always provides, and always comforts. He is so faithful. I tell you that so that you know I am not standing here in my own strength. I am not teaching you from a position of self-confidence or having it all together or knowing all the answers. I stand before you only in the strength and grace of my Lord and Savior. I am his humble servant. I am his chipped and cracked vessel. And I am so aware of my need for him, for his words, and for his wisdom. So let me pray now for our study and then we'll delve into it. Father God, thank you that you do sustain, you do provide. You know the week we're going to have, you know the day we're going to have, you know the tomorrow we will have, and yet you are faithful and your mercies are new every morning. Father God, bless this time, open our hearts, open our minds to hear what you have to whisper to us. 
Father, I pray that you would speak through me, speak to me, speak in spite of me. We love you, Lord. Thank you for first loving us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. So today we're going to be delving into God's attribute of infinite. It can be unsettling to think of infinite. Jen did a great job of talking how we want to measure everything and we're comfortable with measuring everything. It is mind-blowing to try to grasp and wrap our mind around the concept of something being infinite. I love being at the ocean, but the ocean is also very unsettling for me. Like, I like being at the beach, but several years ago, my parents, um, for their 50th anniversary, took all of us on a cruise, um, which I thought was really awesome. It was their anniversary, and we got the gift. But um, anyway, I was very grateful for that. And I got to tell you, I wasn't thrilled about being on a cruise ship. Like, it was unsettling me to be in the middle of an ocean that I could not see land. And I know the ocean isn't infinite, but boy, to me, it felt like it. Like, the depth of it, it was a very unsettling feeling. And sometimes it might be that way with God. We're grateful he's infinite, but it can also be a little bit unsettling in that I don't know how to explain this concept. I don't know how to wrap my mind around the idea that God is infinite. I'm going to look, um, before we delve more into it, I want to look at a couple verses that you might think, do they contradict each other? Is, there's some confusion there. Romans 11.33 states, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Job 11.7 says, Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? Clearly sending the message that, no, we can't. We can't discover the limits. From these verses, we see that, God, that because God is infinite, we cannot know the extent of him or his ways. Now let me read a few other verses. John 14, 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Hosea 6.3, so let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn. Daniel 11.32, and by smooth words he will turn to godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Jeremiah 9.23-24, thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me. So is God asking us to do something impossible? On the one hand saying, I'm unfathomable. You can't search me to the full extent. And now all these verses saying, you are to know me, to know me. We will never fully know or even grasp the depth of God's mind and ways. Yet, we are to seek him so that we may know what he chooses to reveal to us about his character and will. The last part of Jeremiah 9.24, in fact, says, after the part I read that let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, 
and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. That is part of what we can know about God, his loving kindness, his justice, his righteousness. Arthur Pink in his book says, an unknown God can neither be trusted, served, nor worshipped. Something more than a theoretical knowledge of God is needed by us. God is only truly known in the soul as we yield ourselves to him, submit to his authority. He can be known only as he is revealed to the heart by the Holy Spirit through his word. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So yes, God is infinite. And yes, we can still know him to the extent which he calls and enables us to through prayer, studying his word, and being guided by his Holy Spirit. So let's talk more about that word infinite and what it means. Here are some definitions I found. Unbound by limits, limitless, endless in space, extent, or size, impossible to measure, never-ending, inexhaustible, subject to no limitation or external determinant. As a side note, I thought this was kind of cool. When I looked up all these various meanings, you know how sometimes with the definition, then they'll give a sample sentence of how to use that word? The sample sentence that the Oxford Dictionary gave was the infinite mercy of God. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, A.W. Tozer says, we mean by infinite that God knows no limits, no bounds, and no end. What God is, he is without boundaries. All that God is, he is without bounds or limits. There is nothing boundless but God and nothing infinite but God. In fact, Tozer points out that God doesn't extend into space. God contains space. Try to wrap your mind around that, ladies. Picture the earth, the solar system, the universe, the galaxies. God contains that. Tozer explains that Christianity is a gateway into God, and then when you get into God with Christ, you're on a journey into infinity. There is no limit and no place to stop. There isn't just one work of grace and a second work of grace and a third work of grace, and then that's it. There are numberless experiences and spiritual epics and crises that can take place in your life while you are journeying out into the heart of God in Christ. And that, friends, is the journey we are on, into the heart of God in Christ, infinite in grace. So, we've obviously discussed that God is infinite and what that means. But why is it necessary or significant to know that and believe that, that God is infinite? I think there's a few reasons. All that God is, he is to an infinite extent. All of his attributes, those we can hope to grow in ourselves, like just and merciful and loving, and those attributes that we can't. And we're going to discuss that more in a few minutes. Another reason is why we can have faith yesterday, today, tomorrow, and always. Because God knows no limit, never has, never will. 
The God who contains all of space contains you. If he can hold all of space in his loving hand, he can certainly hold you. Dear friends, are we praying to an infinite God or to one who is short of that? If we truly believe that he is infinite in wisdom, infinite in power, infinite in compassion and mercy, what would we dare to pray for? The Bible tells us that if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Sometimes we see a full moon, although actually we never see the full moon, right? The 360-degree circumference sphere. But sometimes we see a full moon as we describe it. We see the full face. Sometimes we see half a moon. Sometimes maybe only a sliver. And on a really, really cloudy night, we might not see the moon at all. Yet we do not doubt that it's there. And we don't doubt that it's there in its full 360-degree sphere, despite our limited view of it. On my wedding day, I woke up that morning, and it was 35 years ago, and it was raining buckets, like downpour. Um, and this sweet, sweet older woman in my church, she wasn't even invited to my wedding, called me that morning, knowing that every bride dreams of a beautiful, sun-filled wedding day. She called me that morning and said, Julie, the sun is shining. You just can't see it right now. It was so sweet and so precious. At times, God may reveal more of his plan to you. Sometimes we see God's hand clearly. We understand what he's doing in a situation or in our life. Sometimes we see it slightly. We kind of think we know where he's going, but we're not quite sure. And sometimes we can't see his hand at all. We do not understand why God hasn't answered a certain prayer or why a certain circumstance is happening in our life or why a certain relationship is under the tension that it is. But we must cling to the truth, even during those times, that God is still there and still there in his infinite, full being and glory. I'm going to read from Tozer. The moon and the earth turn in such a way that we only see one side of the moon and never see the other. The eternal God is so vast, so infinite, that I can't hope to know all about God and all there is about God. But God has a manward side, just as the moon has an earthward side. So God has a side he always keeps turned manward, and that side is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's manward face. Psalm 147.5 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. Ours is not. So we've discussed what infinite means. We've looked at several synonyms and why it's a critical attribute of God. Now let's consider why does it matter to us that God is infinite? Or does it matter? Does it matter to us that he's infinite? If we believe that verse from Psalms that I just read, that God's understanding is infinite, that means he understands every situation, every concern, every relationship, every person completely and definitely way more than I do. Should we not trust him completely? Our understanding is so limited. And yet, how often do we convince ourselves 
that we know the best way this situation should be handled. We know the best way to navigate that relationship. I know the attitude I need to have at this time. Secondly, another reason it matters. We know that God's character never changes. His word tells us he is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. And we know that he is infinite. Again, his word says so. Therefore, Every single attribute, what I mentioned a couple minutes ago, that he possesses, he has to its fullest extent. I may be gracious at times, but not if I'm really tired. I may be forgiving and merciful, but not if I'm feeling really offended and hurt and justified in that offense. I may be patient, but only for so long. Not so with God. In fact, he cannot be less than infinite at all times. I'd like you to open your books to page 24. And Jen listed, has two lists there of God's qualities. The, the one on the left, which is what we're studying this semester. But we're going to look at the one on the right. God is and we can be also. I'm going to read the list with the word infinite attached to each trait. And as I'm doing that, I would like you to do a heart check. Do you really believe that? Do you truly believe it? God is infinitely holy. That means in all he does. God is infinitely loving, infinitely just. God is infinitely good to you personally. God is infinitely merciful God is infinitely gracious, infinitely long-suffering, infinitely wise in all his ways. God is infinitely jealous for his glory, infinitely faithful in your life. He is infinitely righteous and infinitely truthful. Now I'm going to read the list a second time using the synonyms that I mentioned earlier. God's holiness is impossible to measure. God's love is never ending. God's justice is unbound by limits. God has limitless goodness. God has never ending mercy. God is gracious with no end. God has inexhaustible patience. Any moms out there? Do you wish you had inexhaustible patience? God's wisdom is subject to no limitation. God's faithfulness is never-ending. God has limitless righteousness, and God is truthful to an endless extent. Maybe you thought that was tedious, me reading through the list twice like that, but I wanted you to truly hear it. I want it to resonate in your mind and heart that everything God is, He is to infinity. For those of you who have seen Toy Story or are familiar with Toy Story, picture Buzz Lightyear. God is loving to infinity and beyond. God is merciful to infinity. God is faithful to infinity. So when you are tempted to feel like you have worn out God's patience with you, when you fear that maybe God's goodness just isn't enough to see you through this situation, or when you wonder if his faithful to, faithfulness to you will one day end or maybe already has. When you are asking, can God really forgive me again? Can he really show mercy to me again? 
please hear that list in your mind with those words, infinite, limitless, never-ending. That, my dear friends, describes God's love for you, his beloved daughter. Let me close in prayer. Lord, there are no words to thank you that you are infinite in your love and mercy and graciousness and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and so many other attributes. I am eternally grateful to you that your mercy will never end towards me. Your faithfulness will never reach its limit. May our lives reflect that gratitude, Lord. May we live in a way that says to you how much we appreciate your never-ending love for us. And may we love you in return. I pray, Lord, for a great week for all these precious ladies. May they walk out in your never-ending love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.